0: in the entire universe. Who knows what it is? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We could talk about the love of God forever and ever and ever and never truly get enough. Right? But thank you, Lord, that you have said that your spirit testifies with our spirit that we are your children that we are your beloved children. So today we just receive that new revelation of love and we ask you to help us walk in your love to all people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So anyway, it is my favorite subject and I hope you all never get tired of hearing about it (laughs) because the scripture has so much to say about it about the love of God. So last Sunday, last Sunday, we started talking about walking in an open heaven because of all that Christ has done for us. That's what we started talking about. And so today, we're going to continue along those lines, but we're going to discover how is it that we walk in the presence of God? How is it that we walk in the reign and the rule of God here on earth? How is it that, they, that we walk in that open heaven that he intended for us to have? Okay? So every kingdom, every kingdom has goals. Right? Every kingdom has rules. Right? Don't get scared. Don't get scared on me. Every kingdom has rules. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that the kingdom of heaven is covered by your love. So anyway, when we access, we are learning how to access the kingdom of heaven, his realm, here on earth. So what are the goals? What are the goals? They are to fear God. They are to love God. They are to glorify God. Fear God, love God, glorify God. Everything we do we walk in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. We walk in the love of God. We, we have to receive his love first in order to give it out, right? So we have to know what that is. We have to receive true revelation. And we, we glorify him. Because that's what happens. We will glorify God when our lives are perfected in his love. Can't help but do that. Okay? So first, we're going to look at the foundation of the kingdom. We're going to look at what our new covenant. We're going to look at a couple of the elements of our new covenant in Christ, our new covenant in Jesus. So the first thing I want to cover in the new covenant, the scripture tells us that Jesus has fulfilled the law. He has fulfilled the law, and he has intertwined it with his love. It functions by his love, right? Everything that Jesus did here on earth, everything he did, was the result of the love of God functioning in his life. Every manifestation was a result of the, of the love of God functioning in his life. That's where his power comes from. That's where our power comes from. Matthew 5, 17 through 20. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear... Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Am I on? Okay. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So we're going to delve into this. We're going to study this. And I'm going to give you another scripture, John 13, 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, the law is fulfilled through the love of Jesus. Because of the love of Jesus, the law is fulfilled. And we ever need to keep that in the forefront of our hearts to walk as he walked. So Jesus came. Jesus came to what? He came to give us God's love. He came to show us, not just show us, to give us God's love so that we could truly love him because you cannot truly love God until you understand the depth of his love for you. Okay? That's why we talk so much about receiving the love of God here. Okay? You can't love him until you understand how he loves you. Let me put it in the positive. You will truly love him because I don't really want to speak in the negative. You will truly love him when you understand how much he loves you and the way in which he loves you, okay? And so that we could truly love one another, right? With his kind of love. So he commands us, he commands us to love with his love. It's a command, okay? But you see, we serve a very just father, He wouldn't give us a command if he wouldn't first give us his covenant. Right? So he commands us to love, but he's given us his covenant, his covenant of love. Right? He's given us his covenant of love. He has covenanted, and he's shown it to us through Jesus. And Jesus secured it when he shed his blood for us he secured that covenant and as we were talking about somewhat on tuesday night here covenant goes way way beyond contract okay contract that's a legal obligation yeah do you have a contract with god yeah but you have a whole lot more you have a covenant with god and he has said in his word that he will never alter his covenant and he will not change that which he has uttered forth from his lips Okay, So once you have his covenant, it's it's a done deal. Signed, sealed, delivered. So covenant, see covenant is about relationship. Covenant, it's not just the letter of the law. It goes way beyond. It's our relationship with our Father. He wants relationship with you. He wants you to be intimate with him. He wants to be close to you. And he never withholds. Right? He never withholds. So it is about relationship and it is about a mutual care and concern for one another. Right? We should care about what pleases our Father. Covenant implies a union and it goes way beyond the black and white. It goes way beyond the do's and don'ts of the law. It requires understanding. It requires give and take. It requires the fruit. It produces the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.25, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. It also requires that. Right? So, the second element, so that's the first part. Love performed, the law performed through the love of Christ. The second part is the new creation life that we've been given. The new creation life that we've been given. The new covenant In non-denominational circles, we probably call this the authority of the believer, the authority that has been handed you because of Jesus Christ, because of what he did. We are meant to walk in the same authority here on earth in which Jesus walked. He didn't come to give you a (laughs) subpar covenant. He came to hand you, give you what he had. Why else would he say, I've given them the glory that you've given me, Father? Why else would he say, I want them to be, and this is not just physical, this is not just heaven, we've, we've studied this out. Why else would he say, I want them to be where I am, John 17, right? That's not just where he is in a physical place, that is where he is spiritually. We've been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. Right? Okay. So the second element that we're talking about is the the new covenant where God gives us the authority of Jesus Christ because we are believers. So it is our walking, it is our walking in the love of God that makes this possible. Are y'all awake today? Okay. It is our walking in the love of God that makes this possible. It's the only thing that makes it possible. Right? It is our receiving and walking in the love of God that gives us the power and authority to do the things that he did here on earth. He he said we would do greater things because he would send the Holy Spirit. And we would do greater things than him, than he. Right? Okay, that's a promise. That's not a fantasy that is a promise, that is our reality that is the reality that we need to embrace we are walking in an open heaven the heavens are not brass to you beloved as believers in Christ in Galatians 5:6, the scripture says all that matters is faith expressing itself in love this is powerful, you think about this The King James there says, faith works by love. You know, we major on faith a lot, don't we? I mean, I'm talking about the church. Majors on faith. But you see, that's not the most important thing. Your faith only works through love, period. Period. Faith worketh through love, by love and we first have to have the revelation of God's love for us. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14.1 Follow the way of love. The NLT there says, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. That's powerful stuff. I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to let love be my highest goal. And this is an awesome scripture in Proverbs 20:28. 20, I'm reading out of the NIV on this one. It says, love and faithfulness keep a king safe. Through love his throne is established. Through love his throne is made secure. Do you want to walk in the security of the Lord here on this earth? Yes. Well, you have a promise right there. Through love, you will walk securely in this earth. Through love, the love of God, you understanding God's love for you, and then you walking in that love, you will dwell in security. It is your security blanket. But it's not external. Right? It's internal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God has given us authority in Jesus so that we can bring souls into the kingdom and so that we can disciple others and so that we can grow up and be mature. Right? Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. Wow, come on, beloved. You are the light of the world. In Christ, you are the light of the world. Hallelujah. A city on a hill cannot, cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house, In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Glorifying God, in other words. Hallelujah. You know, and, and we do this by walking in the love of God. That's where your power comes from, beloved. You can do all things in Christ, by the way. So here we have it. God wants you to be salt. He wants you to be salt, okay? Let's think about what salt does. Let's think about what salt does. Salt is a preservative. It preserves that into which it's applied, right? So you're salt. You are here to help preserve this world through Christ. You are intended to do that, to save people's lives from the threat of the enemy, to save people from the onslaught of the evil one. But you have a job. You gotta spread your salt. You gotta be a little salty sometimes, <laughs> all the time. You gotta be salty. What is salt? It brings f- uh, flavor, right? It's a savor, okay? Salt. You've got to stand apart, beloved. You're not meant to blend in. Jesus said, I'm in the world but not of it. Correct? Okay, you are meant to walk in this world and to have nothing to do with it at the same time, right? You are in the world but not of it. You are a different creature, And you are meant to bring salt and light to this earth. You are a whole different animal. You are a whole different element. When you got born again, your spirit was recreated in the very image of God. You were set apart. Jesus said, the devil has nothing in me. See, we walk in the love of the Lord and the devil can have nothing in us. Nothing, nothing, no darkness, no attack of the enemy, no evil plan can stand against the love of God operating in your life. Absolutely not. Nothing more powerful than the love of God in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if, key, if, if love is the key to walking in an open heaven. We want to know. We want to know what do we need to do to do that? And you know, Jesus always is very very kind. Gives us instructions. So, how are we going to walk in that authority? How are we going to walk in the authority in which he intends us to walk? Okay? You are not powerless. So, we're going to go to some keys that he gave us in the sermon on, on the mount. And I would encourage you to go back if if you want and go through the Beatitudes when we studied all those because so much of that is foundational to what we're doing now okay, so you can get the CDs or you can go on YouTube or you can go on our Facebook channel what, or I don't know if they call that a channel but you can go on Facebook a lot of places you can go listen, okay so Matthew five twelve. Do you think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches, you are meant to teach. Every one of you in here has a ministry. Every one of you. These commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, this is what the part we're going to start studying now. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, well, if it says that, I kind of want a clue in. I really do. I want a clue in. So, this is important. This is a very important statement. So, let's talk about this righteousness. See, when we, re- when we are born again, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we receive his righteousness. Okay? That is your position. That's how God sees you. He sees you through the blood. He sees you perfected through the blood. Right? Okay, that's your position. But then what do we do with that? You see, we have a responsibility then to uh, grow that relationship. To grow that relationship with the Lord. You see, the Holy Spirit's always talking to us. The Holy Spirit never left after Pentecost, guys. Okay? The Holy Spirit never left. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is always talking to you. It's a matter of are we tuning in? That's all it is. He doesn't, like, give more Holy Spirit to someone than another, okay? He poured out the Holy Spirit. We can either receive it, we can listen, or we cannot, And that's really all it comes down to. He's always talking. He's always counseling us. The scripture says that he counsels us, that the Lord counsels us with his loving eye upon us. It says that he will speak to us It says that he will tell us which way to go. He says, whether you turn to the left or whether you turn to the right, I will be a voice speaking to you, saying, this is the way, walk in it. Okay? So there is no lack there. It's just a matter of, are we going to listen? All right? Beautiful Holy Spirit, your comforter, your counselor, everything you need, pour it out for you hallelujah hallelujah (laughs) so we want to build that relationship okay? that's the relational aspect of our righteousness in Christ okay so Jesus says this statement that we have to surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees well you know what that's really pretty easy thing to do Don't get yourself too worried over this. (laughs) Right? Because what did the Pharisees, he says the Pharisees and the scribes, what did the Pharisees and the scribes, how did they walk? They walked in self. They walked in self, self righteousness. That's how they walked. Right, Carrie? They walked in self righteousness. They knew the law but they didn't know the love. That's important. They knew the lo- law, but they didn't know the love. All right? So they ap- how did they then apply the law because they didn't know the love? How did they apply the law? They apply the law with an iron scepter. With an iron scepter. Unjustly. Unequally. Okay? They would would admonish others, but then not apply it to themselves. Okay? They did not do unto others as they would have others do unto them. Right? Y'all are pretty quiet. They didn't didn't apply the mercy. They didn't apply the mercy demanded by the love of the Lord. Right? Right? They applied the law harshly for their own means, for their own benefit, for their own retention of power, right? They would apply it to allow themselves to stay in power. Okay, that's not love. They would would apply it to entrap others with whom they disagreed or to threaten others into compliance. Okay? That's not nice. not nice at all. No. That is not walking in love. That is not walking in love at all. Love is sacrificial. Love denies self. Love desires the heart of God. Love desires the heart of God. So what was an example? The temple priest. They would prepare everything on the Sabbath. And yet they didn't They didn't criticize themselves for that, and yet when Jesus went to heal on the Sabbath, what did they do? They would try to ensnare him. They would try to trap him, you know? So there's a double standard there. That's a hypocritical way to live. Be careful how you judge others, please. Be careful how you judge others. You don't know their walk. You don't know everything about everything they've been through. Do you want mercy? Does mercy mean the allowance of sin? No. No, we, of course not. But, you know, with the measure that you measure, it'll be measured to you. And, and specifically, Jesus there is talking about judgment. So we need to pay attention that out of our heart flows flow the issue of, issues of love, not, not judgment, condemnation. We admonish people in the word with love. Okay, we use the word, of course. So you see, Jesus never used correction to promote himself. He was never a self-promoter. He brought it to bring blessing. We want to live to bring blessing. You want to be a sweet aroma in people's lives. You want to be a sweet aroma to your father, right? Right? Yes, of course we do. And then he will be glorified because he will be shining through our lives. So we're going to look at some examples of how he taught us to take the law and add the love. Okay? We're going to look at that. Matthew five twenty one. You have heard that it was said to people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Whoa. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin, but anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Let's think about this, beloved. Can I read this to you also in the Aramaic if I can find it? real fast. I mean the Aramaic and English. It says, You have heard it said, you have heard that it was said to the ancients, do not murder, and whoever murders is condemned to judgment. But I am saying to you that everyone who is angry against his brother without cause is condemned before the judge, and everyone will say, who will say to his brother, I spit on you. That's how, how Raka was interpreted here. Is condemned before the assembly, and whoever will say you fool is condemned to the Gehenna of fire. Oh, well, we don't want this. We absolutely don't want this, do we? No. And it doesn't belong to us because Jesus showed us the way. And all we have to do is submit to the love of God. Very simple. Very simple. He broke the curse. He broke the curse. Every curse. You know, there is no curse that the devil can think of that will withstand the love of God. None. None. The curse was destroyed by Jesus, and all we have to do is walk in it. And you do that successfully when you walk in his love. There is nothing on this earth that can stand against the love of God functioning in your life. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, why, w- why did he mention anger here? Why, why anger? Because it severs a relationship. Right? What happens when you become angry with your brother or sister? That's a severing. Well, God came for redemption. God came, Jesus came for reconciliation. Okay, we don't want to sever that relationship. And when we walk in that kind of anger, we sever a relationship with people. And we don't want to do that. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, this is verse 23. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Make it right first, beloved. Walk in the peace of God. Walk in the reconciliation that he, he has purchased for you. Right? Right? What does it mean to come to the altar and bring a sacrifice when there's offense harbored in our hearts? Right? So we want to we get to the heart of the matter. We want to get to the relationship. God came, He wants relationship with us, He wants to walk with you in the cool of the garden. Right? Do you know he came to give you heaven as your home? And I'm not talking about heaven. I am talking about heaven. But you are adopted. When you become a believer in Christ, you are adopted as a son and daughter. You have a father with unconditional love for you, no matter what you do, no matter what you do he unconditionally loves you at all times. You have been adopted. You just think about that. What does that mean? When you are adopted, you have access to everything in that home. Think about that in terms of walking in the kingdom of heaven here on earth. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. You are meant to dwell in a heavenly home here. You are meant to dwell in a heavenly home here. Access to everything that god has in that home. And love is the key. Where was I? I was somewhere. <laughs> anyway, oh, I was talking about the altar. What does it mean to come to the altar when your heart when someone you know someone's harboring an issue or you're harboring an issue? Go fix it. Let the heart be right. Let the love and then, and then make the gift. Okay? That's what faith does when it's undergirded by love. Okay? We walk in the love first. Verse 27. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. What does Proverbs say? Out of the heart flow the issues of life. Go back to those CDs or or watch it on YouTube about the road of God's blessing, about purifying our hearts, okay? So it is a matter of purifying our hearts. It is a matter to do what is right by the word of God, and we are enabled to do that because of his love for us, because we get a revelation and understanding. Powerful, powerful. There's nothing more powerful than the love of God. That power working in you, you receive that. You receive that. And then that power, ushering out, it makes everything right. Amen. Makes everything right. Hallelujah. See, it's not just the letter of the law. It's a matter of the heart. It's what is issuing from the heart. As a man think is in his heart, so is he, right? Okay. It is a matter of our respect and our love for one another. 38, you have heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him, the other, also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. Isn't that what Jesus did for you? Weren't you at enmity? And he poured out his life anyway? Isn't he at the right hand of the Father right now interceding? For all the saints. Isn't, doesn't he intercede for you continually? Okay. So can we intercede? By the way. Truthfully. You shouldn't call anyone your enemy. I don't. It doesn't really matter what they've done to you. No one should be called. Or labeled. Your enemy. Okay. Those are demonic Spirits. If there is something, a challenge in your life that is trying to come against the will of God for you that is anti-the word, that's a demonic spirit. So you see, it's not the person that's the enemy. It is always a spiritual battle. Everything happens in the spirit before it happens in the natural. Okay? All right. So I want to read this in the Aramaic and plain English because here in the NIV it says two things and two things only. It says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Okay, well, let's, let's read it how Jesus would have spoken it, at least as far as we can tell in the Aramaic. But I say to you, love your enemies, that's one, and bless the one who curses you, now listen to this. Listen to this. Put your ears on, please. This is so, so, so beautiful. When I read this, the beauty of it, the beauty of it, I mean, I, it's just, it just fills you up. It says here, And do what is beautiful to the one who hates you. Pray over those who take you by force and persecute you. Wow. Do what is beautiful. Do what is beautiful to the one who hates you. Who in this room is going to say, I'm going to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit? (laughs) I am going to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am going to do beautiful things to those who hate me. Hallelujah. You will walk in victory. Every time you make that choice, you will walk in victory. So that you will become the children of your Father who is in heaven. So in other words, that we will be like him, we will be like him, and we will be like he is toward us to others. Right? I want to give the gift. Of how he is toward me, I wanna give that gift to others. You wanna gift others with what you've been given. Hallelujah. So Jesus is saying this goes way beyond the letter of the law. This is way more than a contractual obligation. This is living from the heart, this is living out of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit speaking to us in our lives. This is living large. This is living very, very large. Even to the point of sacrifice. But this is how you live in the blessing of God. To him who much is given, to him to whom much is given, much is required. Don't be afraid of what's required. Because when we walk in what's required, the Lord knows how to take care of you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Lying lips will be silenced. That's scripture. We need to abandon the doggy-dog mentality, right? We need to abandon that. We need to abandon the I'll get mine. It grieves my heart. It really grieves my heart when I hear people talk that way. You know, because they say, oh, well, I'll get mine. Vengeance is not ours. You see, God, God knows how to correct and bless everyone in this situation at the same time. Right? Okay. Okay. So, this is, in, you know, in, in the dictionary, you know how it defines doggy dog? It says, it says here, used, this is used to describe a situation in which people will do anything to be successful, even if what they do harms other people. You see, that's what we were talking about with some of the Pharisees. I'm sure not every one of them, right? You can't just like lump them all together. But the ones ab- to whom Jesus was talking, the examples that he did give us, right? So, this is living large. This is living in the love of God. This is receiving the love of God and walking it out. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk. Let us also walk in the Spirit in Galatians. Okay? This is living in faith. This, takes, this really takes faith. But you see, that faith, you're given that faith because it's working by the love of God. Hallelujah. In Psalm 18 it says To him who is faithful God is faithful So he knows how to be faithful to you He is faithful to you So I, you know, I, call, I, call, I call this kingdom living I call this walking in an open heaven when, when we do this I call this walking in an open heaven This is the open hand of God unto you This is the open hand of God unto you Do you get that? Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that. This is faith working by love. This is living abandoned to ourselves. This is placing ourselves in the hands of a loving father and knowing that he is going to take care of us no matter what. He will take care of you no matter what. Hallelujah. This is having a heart of love. Matthew, this, you know how we talk about the atmosphere of heaven? This is how we receive the atmosphere of heaven here on earth. You know, healing will come from this. You need healing in your body? Receive the love of God. Matthew five forty five and 48, through 48. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. This is NIV 84 and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. You know he loves the world. He doesn't just love you believers. He came for the world. He loves the world. You are called to love the world. Not to agree, not to walk all blended in, but you are called to love the world. If you love those who love you, oh, yeah, that's where I am, right? What reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, in other words, believers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do this? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So through all these examples, I, can't, I, I, I don't go through every single one of them, but through these examples, do you, see, do you see how love is applied to the law? Do you see how we're supposed to apply that love? We're supposed to expand the love, Lord. Expand the love of God. Expand the love of the Lord through us. Let it be personified in us. Let it be perfected in me. Let the love of God be perfected in me so that I can reach others, so that I can live outside of myself, so that I can receive and experience all that God has for me. Right? We are not in this, beloved. beloved we are not in this for what we can get. We are in this for what we can give. There's so much blessing teaching that is so focused on me, me, me. What am I going to get out of it? You know what? If you focus on just getting your eyes on Jesus, just get your eyes on Jesus. Look not to the left. Look not to the right. But keep your eyes stayed on him. Don't worry. He knows how to bless you in a perfect way. You don't have to be jealous of other people's blessings. You don't want their blessing. That's not the blessing that's been perfected for you. God knows how to bring you the perfected blessing that he has for you. He knows your destination. He knows the plan he has for you. He is standing at the end of that, oh, maybe end is a bad word. He is standing at the culmination of, his, of your future that he has planned for you. He sees you accomplishing that. And when we walk in the love, nobody can steal that from us. Nobody can steal your blessing when you walk in the love of the Lord. Don't worry about it. Desire that others will be blessed. There was so much grace teaching about me me me, how am I going to get blessed? I got to get this. I'm going to do. Well, yeah, that's true because we serve a faithful, loving, wonderful, beautiful God. But that's not the goal. That is a consequence. That is a beautiful thing that he pours out on us just because we are receiving his love. Wow, how magnanimous is that? It's like, here, sweetheart, just take all this love. Understand this love. Get a revelation of this love. Because if we get a revelation of his love, we cannot help, cannot help, You cannot help but walk in love towards others. Can't help it. If you get a revelation, let me say when, bad word, I'm making some... When you receive a revelation of how much God loves you, how unconditional, how far-reaching, how never-ending, how sacrificial... His love is for you. You will not be able to help yourself from walking in that love toward other people. And when you do that, the blessing, you, you, you won't even be able to contain it. But loving him is our goal. Not getting blessed. All right? All right? So, We're not in it for what we can get We're in it for what we can give We have been given You know I, the Lord said to me You've been given everything you need And so I said to the Lord I said Oh well what is that Lord I did Tell me He gave me such a long list That I couldn't even like write it all down You want to hear what it is You want to hear this list And you guys are, he's going to give you even more. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you even more revelation. Okay? He has given us everything we need to receive and walk in in the love that will accomplish his purposes here on earth. Okay? And that's our heart's desire. Okay? Hang on. Here goes. He says to me, you've been given all you need in the salvation of the Lord, in the light of eternity, in the unconditional love of me, your devoted father, in the righteousness of God given to you as sons and daughters of the most high God, as adoption as my sons and daughters. The same glory given Jesus has been given to you. The windows of heaven have been opened to you. The veil has been torn on your behalf. The blood of Jesus has been poured out for you. The grace and mercy of God have been given to you. You have communion with me, your loving Father. You are dining at my table. You are dining at the table of the Father God. Rivers of living water have been deposited in your spirit, and they will usher forth from your lives. The Holy Spirit indwelling in your spirit. Angels ministering on your behalf. All the spiritual blessings of Christ deposited in you as your inheritance. Our home is in heaven, but not just after we die, beloved. Your home is in heaven now. My home opened unto you right now. Hallelujah. That's a lot. That's a lot. We must use the authority that the love of God gives us, the grace given us, that others will know that we are Jesus' disciples and that God will be glorified. And this is how we walk in an open heaven here on earth. This is how we walk in an open heaven here on earth. It is by the love of God that we will impact our own souls, Hello? It is by the love of God that you will impact your own soul. And that you will save others. In Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, so that's what the Lord had me share today. I hope that's, I believe that's a blessing unto you. So we're going to take communion. We're going to take communion, then we'll accept our offerings, and then I'll pray for you. Communion, I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians again. Because you know, I told you how the Lord told me to do that one last week. And I hadn't... I mean, he's the one who showed me that because it, it begins because... You know, we were talking about walking in an open heaven, and it says, For I received, this is 1 Corinthians eleven, twenty-three. For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. That's Jesus speaking. Okay? In other words, he passed it on to us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, I'm going to read this, and then we'll take our, the bread and the blood. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when we remember him, we remember all that he has done for us. We remember what he's done for us. And we thank him. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We proclaim his death and all that it purchased for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We honor you, we bless you, we remember you. We thank you that you purchased our healing. We thank you that you purchased our redemption. We thank you that you purchased reconciliation. We thank you that you, by the blood poured out, that you cleansed us from our sin. We thank you that you destroyed the curse on our behalf. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We cannot thank you enough. It is finished in our lives because of you, Lord God. And because of nothing else. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name. So now we just thank you. We thank you for your body. Your body, Lord, which you allowed to be crucified on our behalf that you purchased our healing by his stripes we are healed this is a meal that heals you need healing you receive your healing thank you Lord for giving your body in Jesus name And we thank you for your blood which you willingly poured out on our behalf that we could be forgiven, that we could be cleansed. We praise you for it, Father. Receive your cleansing now. Receive forgiveness. You do not need to walk in self-condemnation. You lay it at the cross. You talk to Jesus about it. As far as the east is from the west, he has forgiven you. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Alright, I'm going to receive the tithe and, and the offering. Today I'm going to read from Proverbs 11:25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you gave more than any of us have ever dreamed of giving. And Lord, as we give our tithes today, we thank you. As we give our offerings, we thank you, Lord. We sow this to refresh others. We sow this to refresh others. We sow this to do your perfect will here on earth, Lord God, that you would lead us and guide us. Lord, we thank you for the seed that you've given us to sow. I thank you Lord that you refresh that you refresh us I thank you Lord for the refreshing that you give because we refresh others in Jesus mighty name amen and amen and as they're collecting the tithes and the offerings I just want to pray over you guys dear Lord I just thank you for loving us so much that you gave your only begotten Son, that none of us would perish. I thank you, Lord, that it is your desire that none should perish. And I thank you, Lord, for a new revelation of your love for us, that we receive that revelation, that we walk in the power and the authority of your love, the love that Jesus showed us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our guide, that you have come to show us that you speak to us and show us how to walk in the love of our loving Father. And we receive it, Lord. We receive your guidance. Thank you, Lord, that our hearts are hearts of flesh to receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, be Blessed.